Come join Greg and Megan for an insider's look at the latest hot topics for musicians in the industry. We'll be interviewing composers, musicians, performers, and singers from around the world. All covering the music topics and answering the toughest questions you want to hear most about. This This is is Experience Points. Points. Yay. I guess just yeah, getting the same church gig. I think so, yeah, because I got um, I, I had the, or, <laughs> the the directing position foisted onto me. Um, yes. Actually, no. I think they they asked you first, yes, and then you happened? were smart and said no. So, <laughs> I, so there was a soprano section leader of the choir, and she also was. Um, uh, the band director yeah. at the time. Mm-hmm. And then when she left, they figured, okay, we'll just hire the same exact position, someone to be the soprano section leader. And if they can so also... So how did I get an interview? I'll well, just have someone else just in case. No, no, but you're right. pretty much right. They offered it to me and I thought about it and I just said, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just because it was a little too much work and yeah. I had other jobs as well. And I kind of just wanted to show up and sing. And so that's when, go ahead, that's like when it got kind of... Yeah, pretty much. Um, and then you you, you you came on board and um, he so graciously lent me his uh, soprano section leader <laughs> to bolster my choir. Yeah, Which I no longer direct. So yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> and he had to, Greg had to end up taking the directing job pretty much because I wouldn't. And then I found out about a year later you hated it also. <laughs> so then now it's someone else. Greg ends up taking <laughs> jobs that initially seem fun. Oh, no, like, I knew it wasn't going to be fun. <laughs> but that you could just, do, at least. I figured, like, okay, well, I, I, be interesting I've accompanied enough. this choir for some years, so I think I, I think I know what 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 their needs yeah. are. I mean, they've been singing things. It's just so terrible when no one's listening. Um, they, they, they've been singing this, some of these songs wrong don't share for, like, with, seven don't years. Don't share with your choir. And it's like, uh, okay, really? This all this whole time we're doing it wrong, and sometimes they continue to do wrong even after I'm not directing. So, Listen, that's um, the plight of many choirs, including my own. Okay. But we know that every Sunday that we'll be there together, and we <laughs> yeah. and it's all okay. <laughs> yeah. can, I think that's like my favorite part of like doing like uh, random like subbing in or whatever, or even having your own choir or whatever that you're mm-hmm. in, and regularly like just commiserating with your you got to with it's your just... other ringers, with your other paid section yeah. leaders, you know, yeah. just like being like can't believe we're doing this. It's not like, to be negative. It's just an overwhelming industry. You know? Totally. Like sometimes you just got to <laughs> let let out the steam. And yeah. Greg has many Sundays where he's coming after gigging till like three, four in the morning, got two hours of sleep and is at church with sunglasses on and yeah. coffee and a rock star energy mm-hmm. drink. Both. I don't hangover face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you and I met because I was putting out an ad. Is that right? Mm-hmm. For... I actually don't remember how I saw it. Uh where what did you uh, post on I can't remember where you posted. Uh, you posted somewhere. Craigslist it could have been. Yep. Uh yep. it's possible that it was also Facebook or in the some Facebook, way. Like classical singers yeah, page or whatnot. Something like that. Yes. And it was for my Caroling company. Mm-hmm. And um you responded. And you had had uh, similar ties. You had just moved up here actually yep. from LA. So we had had similar ties from Southern California yep. and we had talked about that and had fun talking about yep. that. And, um, so yeah. And then we had, we had two runs of, uh, a caroling company, yeah, two seasons of that fun. here. It and it was just too much for me to handle like with everything going on at work and um, in my own personal life. And so we just decided to shelf it for the time being. And now you sing with, uh, now we're under the same booking agent, um, Tim Saliver, Mm -hmm. and um, whom we've had on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. now we sing gigs together Mm -hmm. often. And I love when that happens. Yes. (laughs) Especially when I don't realize they're going to be on it. Right. (gasps) They have two sopranos like (laughs) you guys. You can't hear the rest of the choir. Like, you didn't do, just, did you do symphony for I our world? Okay. And I couldn't, and I can't remember why. You didn't do it either couldn't. time, did you? 
No. no. And I felt so bad because every time he emailed me like all of one year, I was like, oh gosh, I can't. But keep emailing me. And yeah. I, Next year, year. It's going to happen. It was. <laughs> yes. Except it's canceled. Oh, it no. got canceled. It's such a cool gig. I know. It was. It was insane. You would have had so much fun. Oh, I mean, singing okay. at Davies and singing in San Jose, mm-hmm. it was just so much fun. And then they were going to invite us to sing in LA, and then they canceled that one. So. Oh, really? Of all places, they canceled that one? Yeah. Huh. Uh, maybe they um, couldn't fill the theater. Yeah. I always kind of like yeah. wondered, like, how are you going to fill the theater anyway with this type type of a thing? Right. But it's maybe very niche. It was very thing. niche. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And it was very like specific to nature and mm-hmm. classical music enthusiasts. Which is so cool. Which is so cool. Is so when cool. you actually see it, it's yeah. magnificent oh, how yeah. they put it all together. Yeah. But like, honestly, I was just like, but the but it's marketing, it's, yeah, yeah like, yeah. yeah, it's just not, it's not like Lord of the Rings in concert right. or Star Wars Which, in concert. Which, like, that would be sold out within sold out. the first couple of All hours. of those yeah. are sold out. Yeah. Totally. Um, but yeah, it's that just kind of so disappointing, cool. I think, for Tim, too, because he was a chorus master yeah. over, like, I think the entirety of the... Mm-hmm. The whole project. The entire project, yeah. Mm-hmm. All over the world. So, so cool. Yeah. And I just love when we get to sing together. I know, me too. So and then you have me sub out for your choir. Yes. In fact, um, I just threw a piece of music at Megan's face just now because she's going to be <laughs> subbing for me, not this weekend, but next weekend. Yeah. I'm in Florida for a wedding. Yay. And it's so funny because whenever... Um, I tell Bruce, the director, that, like, I have to miss. First, of course, he gives me, like, his terror face of, like, <gasps> and I'm like, you know, I have, you know. I, I have a life. <laughs> I have to be gone sometimes. Um, but it always immediately his first reaction is, like, did you get Megan? Is it Megan? It's Megan, right? <laughs> like, he, like, you're, like. Do they need ringers every single you. Sunday? That's my, that's my question. Well, they well, need. That's my question. I think to me, it smacks isn't the of choir, laziness. Doesn't and the choir have a break at some point, though? Summer. Yeah, summer. Summer, the choir has a break, but, but then I you don't. still need a ringer. You still <laughs> um, need a ringer to do offertory and, and yeah. worship team, right? Yeah. Yeah. Greg is um, going to introduce our guest. Oh this is a little the world's longest lead-in, but that's all good. Yay! Um, this is Christian Pranchata, and she, when we posted that we were going to do this podcast, which is like, oh my God. <laughs> which I was now to, like six episodes this. ago. I have to hear this, and I'm like, so just know that if you click like or comment on this, and we know you do something <laughs> in the arts community, you're getting on the show. It's you're getting on the so show. So it took that many episodes, but we have her affectionately known as KP, and she's on the show. <laughs> She is That's a professional me. singer, a voice teacher, and studio manager right here in the Bay Area, both classically trained and sings contemporary as well. <laughs> she works for Songbird Studios, that is San Francisco's premier vocal coaching studio, both as a teacher and as the teacher of the teachers. Correct. That's yeah, there correct. it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good uh, way to put it. Interviewing, yeah. hiring, training. Everything, all of it, all, all, all of that, all of that put together. Um, also, she's also a session singer for Coco Melon. That is YouTube's seventh most subscribed YouTube channel, and it's children's education and their videos. And Kristen plays the mom, <laughs> and she's so tender and nice. It just makes a lot of sense. She has, she has a good, she has that good soothing voice. I feel like I like her better than me. Yeah. (laughs) She is currently in the process of pursuing session singing more seriously. It allows you to sing in a variety of styles for a variety of platforms. And I know most of those studios are down in LA and you are not leaving that shirt before I do. Oh. <laughs> you are not leaving before well, I do. Well, you know, and well, and also, so with the session singing world, for any singers who aren't sure what that is or if you're looking into it, because um, there's a lot of terminology and the session singing world is kind of a niche industry. Yeah. It's essentially where you're the voice for either you're the singer for actors in a film, actors who don't sing and you're dubbing their voice, mm-hmm. or for film score music. That. They still do that. Because they should have done that for Les Mis Which and I, a countless oh. other movie musical. <laughs> no bashing. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I know. All we do on this show is but, bash people. I know, we do. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. <laughs> no, but... Um, uh, yes, yeah, so they, they do still do it, um, and which is good. It's great for singers. It's yeah. more work. And it's actually much less taboo now because back in the day, if any of you know who Marnie Nixon is, yep. yeah. she was like the singing voice for... She was it. I mean... She was it for she Audrey was Hepburn. Really Audrey Hepburn for... Yeah. for um, oh my gosh. The other one, Maria, right? Uh, yes, for Natalie Side Wood. Story. Yeah. Natalie Wood. Side Story. And she was in The Sound of the Music. She was one of the nuns. Mm-hmm. But actually, back then, it wasn't really kosher to... 
like they wouldn't even release that. Say it. They, yeah. they wanted people to believe that it was the actor that was singing. Yeah. And it wasn't until years later that they finally it was okay to say it. I like, never what? understood that because it's a visual medium. I don't care. Like, yeah. 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 They dub it. Kind of takes you back to singing in the rain a little bit, but that's yeah. kind of how it was. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Totally. Because they they wanted to promote their star. Their star mm. was not the person in the studio recording right you know doing all of that right kind of the grunt work but yep. it, it was it was the audrey hepburns it was the mm -hmm. you know the natalie the people that looked good in yes. the costumes 100%. and that could act it and all that kind of stuff well yeah. great <laughs> welcome thank you greg <laughs> so forgot to welcome you oh he, oh, thank he you did a lovely me. job introducing you well i walked in but. and you gave me tea and cinnamon bun so i think i think i'm good <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're eating the cinnamon box because oh, yeah. I won't. Yeah. Um, and they'll just sit Three there. Three of those was about 240 calories. That's right. I bought them wow. for you guys. Good Lord. Oh. Thank you. Yeah. I'm already time. fat, but thank you for Oh my God. Oh, stop he it. did this last episode and I'm just like, seriously? Do I really? Greg. Yeah, no, I went on a diatribe. Everyone's had to hear it. Totally. That's why I need to lose the weight. So Greg still needs... But good for you. That's awesome. But no, yeah. no, you, no. He, he still needs some self-esteem. We're here for you. I literally... How about I liposuction? You. Are you here to give me liposuction? Because that'd be great. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, You're let's get into Christian's oh, life because I'm interested because oh, we don't dear. really ever talk about you like your life prior to when we met. That's Maybe true. we do, no, but no, like a little no, bit. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah. Tell us how like you grew up and how oh, was music yeah. involved in and you were born your in life. Oh, this is yeah. fun. Wow, stuff. I haven't like thought about this in a while. Portland, oh, Maine. Which one? Almost York, Maine. Well, okay. backtracking Ooh. a little bit farther, I was born in Brockton, Massachusetts, which mm. is right outside of Boston. My mm. dad was born and raised in Boston, um, and then we moved to Maine when I was three. And my pretty much my whole childhood was in York, Maine. It's like the southern tip of Maine. Mm -hmm. And since I remember, I was always in piano lessons, which the three of us will encourage all of you if you're not and if you're young and you're looking to be a singer, take piano lessons because they're just so valuable. Absolutely. You can be your own these, rehearsal accompanist. Yeah. Yes. These two anyway. are way beyond me. They're like pro pros. I'm like semi sort of not really, but... Can go on by. You, you can you can get by in the vocal studio, yes. which is important, but exactly. it is important to do that. Yeah, it's important to do that. So I started with that. I guess that was my first exposure to music. Was that I was just always in piano lessons, and so was my sister. But then she kind of peeled off from that and went into acting. Um, so we were all both always kind of surrounded by the arts. And then in middle school, I was in choir, but like took it like super seriously, probably more than your average twelve year old would take yeah. middle school choir. Um, and my first solo was in Dancing in the Street, I think in seventh grade. I'll never forget that. Um, and then when I went into high school, pursuing it even, I mean, my senior year, like three of my periods were all music. Mm -hmm. It was like chamber choir, magical singers, which was like the competition choir and like AP music theory. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was like my whole Wow, day. your high school <laughs> offered AP music theory? They did. That's Yeah. And it was bougie. awfully hard. <laughs> <laughs> Theory is the thing as a musician that makes you, if you, especially if you're a singer, want to quit or not be sure if, it, if that's what you want to do. True. It's um, hot and cold. People love it. Some people and do And I love it now. That's the yeah. funny thing. Yeah. I like, love sight reading. That's also why I want to be a session singer because in that world, they just hand you music and you sing. And I kind of yeah. love that. Um, I don't need no stinking rehearsal. The what? Yeah, no. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> but I think our, yeah. also, too, I mean, along that vein, don't you think a lot of like, singers who don't play an instrument or don't play an instrument strongly mm -hmm. stereotypically feel that way in general yeah, about totally. theory. Like, why do I need this? Right. It's not going to do me any good. And I right. think that that's kind of what gives singers a bad rap with totally. instrumentalists because instrumentalists are like, well, this is totally usable. Duh. Yeah. And like, the singers are like, la, 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 you know, all I do is yep. perform and that's what I need to cut. Kind of, but it's, it's, it really is true that theory does do a lot for you. You mm -hmm. just need to give it a chance long enough Absolutely. for it to actually do some damage. Yep. But like, you know, I went into grad school not being really good at theory at all mm -hmm. and then opting to take a AP level kind of, or a graduate level theory course when I didn't have to. Yeah. I took Shankarian analysis. I loved yeah. it. And you loved it. I loved yes. it. And There's it gave me a huge perspective. Uh -huh. So like, yeah. if you're a singer, if yeah. you're serious about doing classical music and, you know, crossing over, whatever, either way, yep. take theory as long as you can take it. Yep. 
because it's just so valuable. And just sight read, sight read, sight read. And the only way to learn how to sight read, the annoying answer is to sight read. Right. It's it's a doing practice. Just keep going. You just like pick up a hymnal, pick up a hymnal and just open up to a random page give yourself your key and your and find your starting pitch and go like yes. that's I was really a hopeless dork I loved to do that I loved sight reading oh, yeah. pieces even Me when too. I was like in seventh grade yeah it's fun so yeah. fun it's fun kids it's so fun and then when I went into high school so yeah so I was doing all the choirs and everything and it was kind of my sister who inspired me because she became an acting major at uh, Boston University mm-hmm. and she got her BFA in acting and that kind of like um, inspired me that like oh my gosh I can like do this in college mm-hmm. <laughs> it kind of didn't cross my mind that I was like oh my god this is a degree like yeah. I can continue to do this so then I got my bachelor's of music in vocal performance from Cal State Fullerton um, down in Orange County so um, and after graduating stayed and did the whole musician life down there for a few so years so you travel across the country Yes. Just yep. to go to Cal State Fullerton. Well, um, to, we actually, okay, so sorry, backtrack a little bit more. Uh-oh. So, no, oh, well, yes, we yes. skipped a step. I, just, I skipped place, a step, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, my dad had a job transfer, and it was okay. going to be temporary, actually. So I moved to Northern California when I was going to middle school. Ah. Uh, well, middle school, and where was Pine this? Pine Valley. Oh, you were up here. I was up here. Oh, Shazbot. I, I did know, not know that. Sorry, it's confusing. So we moved up here. I went to Pine Valley. And after two or three years, we were supposed to move back to the East Coast. But when that time came around, the economy was terrible. We ended up staying here. Um, for job reasons, um, and then I moved down to Southern California for Cal State Fullerton because of their music program. Got it. Yeah. So, that's so did you? Happened. What other? Um, I'm always interested in the college picking process. Yeah. Yeah. How did you go about that? Was that your first choice? Good question. Um, well, and to be honest, again, it kind of was more last minute that I had realized, oh my gosh, I can, I can do this. I can. Um, do this for college and for my life. Yeah. So whereas some people, they took a lot more time. They they auditioned for a lot more colleges. But for me, it was kind of more of an epiphany moment where I was like, okay, I don't have much time. Who can I audition for? Mm-hmm. Let's make this happen. And so I actually only auditioned for Cal State Fullerton and Cal State Northridge. Mm-hmm. So it would be like a placement audition. Um, it's, yeah. So if you don't Yeah, if you bomb the audition, the audition, they don't let you take any of their classes. You or? don't get to you don't get that in. major. You don't get in. Yeah. You, you, and the weird thing is you can get into the school, but not sure. the major. You, you, you can go in. Communication. There's many people that <laughs> are not ready to enter as a vocal performance major yet. Yeah. They just need a little bit more private time. Totally. And, um. Totally. Often, you know, they just choose to enter the colleges undeclared, which you can right. do. Which you can do. If you have yeah. a good GPA and your SAT scores were good, you can enter as a freshman. Yeah. Similarly, you can enter as a sophomore after transferring from um, mm-hmm. community college. Right, which is great. You can transfer into being a music major. You totally can. Totally. Yeah. I would. I mean, I always say to people that do that want to do this as a music major, whatever um, the performance uh, instrument is, to do community college, mm-hmm. you know, for at least a year, mm-hmm. save money yeah, because really. you are going to be, once you enter into a university system as a music major, mm-hmm. you're already overwhelmed. Yes. And as a music major, and maybe it's not every college, you'll have to let me know your experience too, but at least at Fullerton, because most majors you go in and your first two years are just GEs, right? Um, if you're at a university and uh, you just worry about GEs and then you don't switch over to actually your major classes until your third, fourth year, right? Um, With music, with my experience at orientation, they said, okay, here's your like seven music classes that are all only like one unit each, but but they're still three days a week. I love those one unit classes. And you have to take all of them. (laughs) Um, And throw in a couple GEs where you can. So you you actually had to mix in your GEs right away and just take your GEs one or two classes per semester for the whole four or five years, like Mm -hmm. spread out. Mm -hmm. So the struggle of going right into it is that, as you said, yeah, you're balancing a ton versus if you go to community college, you can still be working on your voice, just be doing um, GEs. Then when you switch over, you can be like super immersed. You can even do some of your music classes quite a bit of, I mean, I teach at community college now, but I, um, you know, pretty much every community college that I know at least offers Mm -hmm. at least one transferable uh, music class. That's right. Um, Take your theory, take your Mm -hmm. history, take your... 
um, you know, maybe maybe do some stuff in ensembles totally. that are there if totally. it's worth it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's such a great um, system. Yeah, and the voice but, is such a developmental instrument, so just never feel rushed because it's even by the time you graduate college, well, at least in the classical world, you're you're still a baby. Like your voice mm. is still. You know, so just until don't you're feel 30. Like, yeah. So age 30 is like the golden age. That's it's when so, your voice is settled. I, oh, is it? I, I just turned 30. I don't 30. know. No. So I'm, I'm on the side of 40. So is my voice going to get yeah. better, worse, lower, higher? Well, that also depends on. <laughs> just gets so worse. Don't get me started on okay. all this stuff, but it also depends on hormones and. Yeah. Oh gosh, there's a whole mess of things. Yeah, I, I think pregnancy is one. Is it not? Oh, yeah. Or, um, Absolutely. Yep. What yep. if you. <laughs> Not to be morbid, what if you had some kind of bad accident and you had to had to spend a lot of time healing? Would that alter your voice? What kind of an accident? I don't know. Just, yeah, yeah. I, I pick one. Well, a leg accident? What, can't you uh, still a, sing? Car wreck. I hate to be... Okay. Something, yeah, something well, pretty actually, bad. Well, actually, yes, it's because with most severe things like that, you're intubated. Mm-hmm. And that's where... That's where they shove the tube down your throat so that can... Yes, okay. which can nick a vocal fold. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're much more... Careful. They've got it, yeah, they've yeah. got it down now, but uh, at the same time, when they're trying to save your life, they don't care about your vocal folds, and they shouldn't. When they're trying to save your life, they should be caring about saving your life. Right. Who's got a concert on Saturday? No, don't put it down. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, <laughs> I... Um, they have... Let's look in this person's phone in the date book first and just make sure that they don't uh, have to no, sing in no, the next few no. days. Holly and Ivy Carolers <laughs> next Saturday. We can't do this. Yep. And she's dead. <laughs> well, did you know, apparently there's a bracelet that some singers wear that, like, I don't know what it, I don't know what it says, like, I am Hi, a singer. Hi, how are you? I'm I a vocalist for a living. Tells... Please don't put that down. No, but I feel like this is going to open it up into, like, many, many, many memes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hi, I'm a singer. Please don't intubate me because I have to sing tomorrow. <laughs> I know. Thank you. And they do have a smaller one they can use. So for people who have that bracelet, if they do see that, then they will use, like, the smaller thing oh, that they have. Oh, I see. And they'll try to be more mindful. But, you know, they're trying to save your life. So, yes, even if it's just in action. Accident that's unrelated to saving your life, accident. singing the next day. I don't know what and comes that, in. You know, the Percocet and Vicodin <laughs> what you might end up addicted to is also going to alter your voice after a while. If you're totally, just, yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, your vocal folds are the two teeny, teeny, tiny pieces yeah. of tissue that are super sensitively affected by pretty much anything. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's a like I forget, Megan. You you had a quote last week. Um, I, it's not Marnie Nixon. It was some Renee Fleming, maybe. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm misquoting yeah. her, but so you know, you're, have you, you have read a good her voice, autobiography? You know, no, yeah, I haven't. Oh, it's wonderful. It's, it's great. wonderful. Oh. So she in she there. She's like a cool person. Oh, she's an amazing person. I um, I I got I I met her in, several times in Chicago because she uh, at the time when I was in graduate school over there she was the artistic director of Chicago Opera for like mm-hmm. I don't know how many seasons total, but like she was there while. Mm-hmm. I was there. Um, Anyways, but um, in her autobiography, she specifically says, like, you will have four good, prime, excellent singing days out of the entire calendar year. And you will never be employed for any of them. Totally. Oh, I love that. You know? That's so... And I've had gigs where I had that perfect voice day, and it's really frustrating. Uh, Hey, yo, that was great. You keep it right there. I'm like, I can't. Yeah, no, that was a miracle. Just, it depends on the day. It yeah. just depends on the day. Yeah. And normally you're just sitting at home and then you totally. just discover like, like oh, I, I could get that note so easily. That's Why? happened yes. after performances. I'm like, oh, now there's the high B flat. Yep. Where were you when I needed you? Or right? even on like, Sundays, like yeah. after second service. Like, I now I'm warm. Now I'm yes. Warm. Now oh, yeah, I'm ready. Totally. Like, I know. Totally. And that's why like, but it's okay. It's better also to kind of allow yourself now i'm quoting somebody else i can't remember who said this but to just kind of sing at um well i guess now i'm speaking more about output but sing kind of regularly at like 85 percent. don't try to push 100 percent every right. single time right because huh. then you'll you'll blow out your voice and yeah. you'll you know but yeah in other words yeah. on an everyday basis it's just kind of it's where it is and some days are super prime and some days are not not prime and not. <laughs> Yep. It, yeah. And it's all a factor. A lot of it you can't control. Yep. Some of it you can. Some yep. of it is like lifestyle or yep. choices that you make. Yeah. But um, so speaking of um, um, your your last uh, your predecessor at the church. Um, yes. I don't know if I can name names on here. It's nothing nothing negative at all. But she said um, you can sing through a cold. You can sing through a flu if you have to. Whatever. Um, the main killer is vocal fatigue. Yes. 
And the worst kind of sick is is coughing sick mm-hmm. because coughing is when your vocal folds are oh, slamming does together. That. You hear that in and, the microphone? Yeah. Yes, and that causes inflammation. So if ever anyone's ever wondering like why you have that hissy sound in your voice or kind of that hoarse quality, yes. um, it's because air is escaping. Because if your vocal folds, I know you can't see my hands right now. I'm always use my hand example. It's like a reverse <laughs> alligator, reverse Pac-Man. Yeah, it's kind of like a balloon, a valve, a valve. Yeah. Do you like, yeah. do you like all letting out air and. <laughs> If yeah. you let out air of a balloon, yeah. right, it goes shh. Totally. Right? Yep. And so if your vocal folds, they're like a valve, and if they're puffy in the middle, they can't close all the way. Mm-hmm. So now all this air is escaping. So how are right? you able? So that causes from coughing. Same thing with singing. If you're singing in a breathy tone, you're letting too much air escape. Right. Well, what's the exactly. phenomenon when your vocal folds are completely like wrecked? You can hit way lower notes than you're normally able to, and also like super high notes. What is that phenomenon? Wait, I mean, like your that. voice is wrecked and you can hit? Well, yeah, because yeah, because like you can hit whistle tones that you don't normally have mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. super low mm-hmm. Dewey Rykovsky notes. That well, whistle really tone have. is not a... Whistle tone is a completely w- different confi- like vocal fold configuration. So how would yeah. you do that with so, your hand here? <laughs> I know you can't see. But like. Well, the higher up you are, I know, the higher up you are in your voice, the cricothyroid mu- muscle um, tilts the larynx, which it then stretches the vocal So that's why they're like, keep a low larynx while you sing. So you can, that's what that that's Depending the, on what style you're yeah. singing, okay. depending on what you're doing. But uh, yes, especially for classical singing, you're trying to maintain that lower larynx position and so when you're up high so when you're lower let me backtrack for a second when you're lower in your voice the full body of your vocal folds are adducting and closing like when we're speaking right now we're Mm -hmm. using a lot of ta Uh, thyroid uh, 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 muscle yeah so this is or what a lot of people call chest voice i'm using quotes because i don't love to use those terms too often um and, but and as you get higher, you get up onto the upper, upper, upper edges of your vocal folds. Okay. So it's a much, and that's why it actually kind of almost feels thinner sometimes, thinner. like the higher you get, because yeah. you're up on like the upper, upper edges and they're oscillating differently. The hardest part of anyone's voice, male or female, I feel is the transitional period in between, right? Mm-hmm. So when your voice is tired or you lose your voice, um, the low is easy because your vocal folds right. are much shorter and they're stiffer um, from inflammation and it's harder for them to stretch. Yeah. Um, so it's easier for you to just live down in that area. Um, and But a lot of people lose their middle when they are losing their voice because mm-hmm. that muscular coordination between TA and CT um, to have that more balanced registration is a lot harder when you have inflammation, when your vocal folds are stiff and can't stretch. So another curiosity is um, um, vocal register in general. Um, what makes a soprano or an alto? Is it do they do they have bigger vocal folds, tinier, such longer, a loaded, shorter? Such a oh, big such question. a rabbit hole! Oh my gosh! Well, I feel like it's a mixture of both. Actually, I think something that's really fascinating that even more modern science is acknowledging now is that a lot of your vocal signature comes down to your physicality mm-hmm. and actually the shape of your individual vocal tract, meaning your throat yeah. in simple terms, how tall it is, how wide it is, your mouth, right? And okay. that's why if you think about it, if you're looking at a quartet of singers and you see the tall male, what voice part is that? Usually baritone or bass. Exactly. And then you wonder, is that just quick? Maybe that's not just coincidence. And oh, if you think about it, yeah. their throats generally are longer. longer. Yes, and if you think about who's the guy in Pentatonics? Um, oh, I don't know the names of the guys. Oh, but the the, the high voiced one. The oh, super yeah. High-voiced one. He's no, tiny. he's short and he's small, tiny. and yeah. Yeah. So Absolutely. when you think it, that's part of it. That's so I should have been it. about six foot one. Okay, so let's talk about let's talk about for a second though, since we're on this rabbit hole of a topic. (laughs) Um, I've known many bass baritones that have become countertenors. In fact, the falsetto rarely ever do tenors become countertenors. It's usually bass or baritones Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. become countertenors. Right, and I think, and I don't know the exact answer, like scientifically, to why that is, but my logic would just be. Because tenors more so, again, don't love using these terms, but they're chesting higher, Mm -hmm. right? They're bringing more of that uh, full-bodied sound higher. They're going to belt that high C versus where a countertenor might sing that differently. They're like already in this place, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So it's muscle memory. So tenors are in that muscle memory. So the countertenor is essentially a falsetto voice? um, Yeah, yeah, a really reinforced, really clear falsetto. 
mm-hmm. just like a breathy poppy falsetto, but like a really beautiful sounding falsetto. Yeah. Honestly, there's not too much difference between a well-trained classical soprano. Yeah, really. A dramatic mm-hmm. soprano or even a lyric soprano mm-hmm. and a fall and a, a countertenor. Totally. It's it's the same. I always think of um, chest chest voice mm-hmm. and head voice as bookends. And again, that tilt mm-hmm. that you're talking about, it's the same technique on either end of your voice. Now you don't hear your, what people call as your break any longer right. when you have those two in perspective and right. the so right technique working the whole together. Time. Yeah. yeah. And you definitely, both ends are equally important to exercise. Um, and it's funny with teaching, like sometimes it's counter, it, it's what would seem counterproductive. Like if I have, um, a student that's like really straining like they're pulling that chest and that ta muscle is just super stubborn which is mm-hmm. a common issue for most people sorry ta um, muscle did i miss that so, so that's the one that's the muscle that's the deepest layer of the vocal folds okay. and it keeps the vocal folds in a more short contracted okay. um, top to bottom adducted position mm-hmm. and again that's what we're using when we're talking right now or like if i'm belting um it which is that more you know full voiced or some people say chesty quality mm-hmm. right um and uh, so if, but if, so as we get higher in pitch, the vocal folds have to stretch, right? In order for them to stretch, we also need the CT muscle, the one I mentioned before, to contract, which is the muscle that tilts the larynx. And since it tilts it forward, that stretches the vocal folds. So if someone is too TA dominant, it means that the vocal folds are staying in that shorter, contracted, full-bodied position too high. And then at some point, the vocal folds just have to like um, almost snap open and reclose mm-hmm. with the CT muscle being integrated because okay. it didn't integrate soon enough, which is why a lot of times I feel like we work on blending the head voice mm-hmm. down, pouring the water into the paint to blend it out, right? Um, so, but yeah, if someone's really straining like that, um, I know they're wanting to work on a big belt. They want to get that Adele note or whatever. But I'll actually be like, okay, I know you might not love this, but we're actually going to stop and we're going to do some a bunch of head voice work. Because you're then exercising the CT muscle, which even though it might get weaker for them or feel weaker for them and it might not be the sound they want, when you exercise that muscle individually on its own, it will then learn how to coordinate mm-hmm. with the TA. Mm-hmm. So, so you don't I, blow your voice out have to cancel tours like a dog. Yeah. Do. So I often tell my students, I know it might feel frustrating, but sometimes we have to deconstruct to reconstruct. I hear you have plenty of power right here, but we're going to deconstruct to reconstruct that but power. wouldn't you like to more... have more? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but, oh, yeah, that's a rabbit hole too. <laughs> so yeah. in college, um, did you, what was your experience like in classes and things like that? Did you, did you think that when you were going to major in vocal performance that everything was going to be sort of wine and roses and like this is going to be smooth sailing and then you found out something different or like what was your process what did I feel like it was going to be and then what was it actually yes Mm, mm, that's a good question Uh uh-huh I thought it would be fun and it was fun. <laughs> I thought it would all be things, fun. And it all was good things fun. start with. I thought it was going to be Again, fun. I didn't fun. Really think it was going to be fun. I knew that from the beginning. Um, I thought it was going to be intimidating. You know what? Actually, a lot of what I thought it was, it was. I thought it was going to be intimidating and it was intimidating. Yeah. Um, but I didn't realize it was going to be as life changing as it was. Hmm. I didn't think it was going to be as life-changing as it was. And the musician and the singer I was as a freshman was, oh my God. Why? I mean, even after your first year, it's wildly different. Yeah. It was so wildly different from the time I graduated. It's it just like completely different person. And I'm a strong believer in college is not just... Um, a trade school. You know, yeah. And <laughs> Unless it's trade school, then it's trade then school. Then it's trade but, school. Yeah. <laughs> But it's more about what you learn about yourself as a person through it. As mm. cheesy as that sounds, oh, no, we've, it's I think so we've true. said that before on here is you go yeah. in as one thing, you come out as another. Oh like even the way Especially you dress, undergrad. the way you think, the way you act. You are, you are a baby when you enter and you're yeah. like a full-grown person after. Oh, like yeah. in the middle of there somewhere, oh, yeah. you've learned how to be independent, yep. be career-minded, mm-hmm. think for yourself. Those, You know what I mean? So like yep. all these things end up coming to It was always later. there. But it was sort of lying dormant. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Um, yeah, but I kind of felt the same yeah, way. Totally, you really too. evolve. 
yeah because you you have to especially with anything with the arts which is so cutthroat and yeah you have to be able to not let things get to you I don't think I was prepared for that oh god you know I don't think any of us really oh yeah because I was I lived down in LA (laughs) too quite a bit after I graduated and I yeah I felt like I could never get ahead Mm -hmm. like I could just never get to the place where I really wanted to get to. Mm-hmm. Which was And then what? I defaulted into teaching, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, okay, so tell yeah. me how you got into teaching. Yes. How did I get after. into teaching? Well, um, I became aware after, like, my freshman year of college that it was a common, like, singer thing to do was yeah. to, you know, have a teaching job, whether it was with a company or privately. Um, in whichever capacity. And so I, um, my parents were helping with school, which I feel very grateful for. So I like didn't need the job to pay for the schooling, which Mm -hmm. I feel very, very grateful for. But, um, I really wanted to get into it. So Yamaha Music School was hiring in Irvine, California. How I funny. Think that was my first one. That was my first was teaching job. Was that your first job. one too? Well, not there, oh my but God. up here in Pleasant Hill. Yamaha, Yamaha like the piano. Yeah, piano but they yeah. It's, but it's like all instruments. So know? then you have to learn their method. That is yeah. so weird that you that and I have funny. that connection. Oh, all the connections. <laughs> so <laughs> Yamaha is also a teaching method, method as well as it? Okay. Well, I actually... Hmm, they, oh, funny, I'll tell you a thing about that in a minute. But uh, I think it was my sophomore year of college, like baby teacher. So I was like, what, 19 or 20? I was 19 too. And now I'm 30. And that 10 years so later, I'm like, oh my God, I thought I knew what I was doing teaching. And yeah. now I'm like, yeah, oh, no, yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't. But, right, right. But that's what teaching is. It's also right. an acquired practice. Yeah. But anyway, um, see, so when I was about 20, <laughs> they didn't push a method on me. All I remember is they just told me, you must teach fixed dough. And then I didn't. <laughs> I remember it that pri- it was private lessons they were like you must teach fixed dough that's, that's did the you ever... thing we ask and I didn't I taught movable dough did you I never taught any dough <laughs> but um I taught ZDFG but but um yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was outside of the Yamaha curriculum yeah. but I was just like no y- y'all are learning CDFG so movable dough is in like Locrian mode At, Dorian no, no, mode no, 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 no actually just dough meaning is... whatever key you're in that's your dough that's your dough oh, okay. so yeah. if you're singing next to the world uses movable dough I like idiots use fixed dough I'm sorry. Yeah, but no, like, no. I, so fixed dough is C is always dough. That's dough. No matter what key you're sorry. in. Sorry. So C is always dough. Am I allowed one. to say that? So then, yeah. so then why, like... okay, so then my question to the people that mm-hmm. use fixed dough is why not just say C? So if oh, C right, is right. always going to be right. dough, why right. even use a different system to say right. what you mean, why which is C? C? Are, you in, yeah. are you talking about movable C instruments dough, or what is this? No, like? movable dough is a system of solfege that moves per key that you're in. So you're which in D major, sense. D is your dough. You're in E flat major, E flat e is your dough. Your that is a system That's I can I get think. behind because it makes sense that you want to use solfege oh, rather than Well, let's no use values. all white keys. That sounds kind of like a dumbed down approach yeah fixed dough well and it's it's sorry no 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 and, people. I, and people who are fixed dough people will like fight it to death and they have their reasons which i can understand to extent to an extent they believe that sorry also, fixed dough people sorry fixed dough people <laughs> it's much more of a european thing too um it's fixed dough fixed dough um huh. talk to those people <laughs> i know but the only my only beef with it like my only beef with it is what about when you have a chromatic, like, because with movable dough, you have okay. do, di, re, re, mi, fa, mm-hmm. fi, sol. You have all the half steps. Oh, okay. So if you're in all fixed dough. All the 12 tones, okay. So if you're in so fixed dough, I don't have okay. perfect pitch, but I don't know. Maybe this is like roughly a C. Sorry for perfect pitch that people. That is an A flat. Does someone want to check me? Now I want to check. Hold okay. on. A flat. <laughs> I want to know. A flat. C. That's not an A flat. No, the A flat. C. That's just. I was a whole step too low. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> You're around there, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a C. So Wait, anyway. Was he right? Was it an A flat? I was an A flat. No, yeah. I can't remember. My brain today. So that's a Z. So if you're in fixed O and you, on your sheet music, you see a C and a C sharp yeah. and like a C flat, which would it be? But anyway, you would say do for all three. You would say do, do, do. Huh. Whereas with movable do, you'd say do, deep. T, like mm-hmm. you, there, there are specific um, 
sounds for each specific pitch, which yes. just in my mind makes more sense. Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I'm there with you. Sorry, we're way off track like usual. But yeah, so but you're getting all this music education from these two for free. They, they won't normally charge you for we'll it. We'll just keep guys. talking. Yeah, we'll talking. So Yamaha, and then I taught for a bunch of schools down there. I don't know. Oh, gosh. Um, one in Huntington Beach was more like a rock school. Um, oh, they're going to hate me for No, the Music Factory. <laughs> they were great there, the Music Factory. Um, oh, gosh. Yamaha, the Music Factory, and, oh, I feel like people are going to hate me that are forgetting the names of their studios. <gasps> Soundscape Studios. And then I was doing it privately as well. And then when I came up to Northern California, I found Songbird Studios, where I am at now, um, which really has been wonderful. You've been at it ever since. Yeah, I've been there ever since. The owner, Whitney Citrin, plug, she's awesome. And we're both part of Ecology and Practice, which is a network of voice teachers. This is why I'm such a nerd, if you can't tell already. Yep. ENTs, larynchologists, SLPs. Um, is that how you, you, every you, year. you developed your nerdery through working at this <laughs> yeah. school to know yeah. all this? Yeah. No, like, I, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Cause as yeah. a it's amazing. I'm just, yeah. So. As a performance major, you take like one, maybe two pedagogy classes and then they're like, okay, and then you then move you're on and you're yep. kind of done. So I've explored much more of that post grad and through Songbird and through that program. And for our teachers, we have a different topic every month. Like we have meetings twice a month where we actually dive into a topic because if you ever meet a voice teacher that says they know everything, just run away. Because, right. Or if you ever meet, meet so a voice true. teacher that is like firm in one methodology and they're like, oh, this the is one it, size fits run all away. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Run away because yeah. ultimately it just comes back down to science. This is this, this is that. And some things are different and that's okay. You just have to know what those differences are physiologically to know how to make those changes in healthy ways. But it's not a blanket technique at, at, ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, would you say that your education post 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 undergrad um, has made all the difference in your life and also possibly a substitution for going to graduate school? That's a great question. Yeah, because um, I had thought about going to grad school. Really, the only reason for me, though, would have been to continue, you know, professional voice lessons because mm-hmm. as, you know, you get that continued training. Yeah. However, you can do that without getting your master's. Oh, totally. And I'm not trying to put down master's. Master's is great. And if you really are pursuing the opera world, like solely opera, like, and yeah. just that, then you should. Like, it's, you know. Or a um, higher educational teaching. Yes, because you get paid more. Which is why. Totally. I did it. <laughs> totally. No, that's yeah. so, no, that's so right, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I do kind of feel like it's been a substitute because it's just my own continued self-study and I go to these conferences every year um, where leading voice scientists are coming and you're just constantly learning. Um, that sounds and fun. It's, it's a different mindset because you want to. You're yeah. not being forced to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I love doing those kind of things. Yeah. yeah and they do, I found like from teaching and from exploring all these different things post-grad, it changes you as a singer mm-hmm. and it helps with your own singing mm-hmm. tools, you know. How about even speaking? Do you speak differently? That my voice teacher whipped out of me pretty quick my first year of college. <laughs> so were you when like I walked this in, when you walked in, hi. No, I, really I walked in. in, I was like, hi, I'm Kristen. And she oh was like, She's like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's not all about speaking hi either, because that can cause tensions of other kinds too. But yeah, it's just this more elevated, not going into the vocal forward fry. quality. How am I speaking? speaking? Do I speak too low on my register or you what? actually, well, if your voice, your voice just sometimes sounds tired because you were just like out till four in the morning the night yeah. before and using your voice louder than most people. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, 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 you like, you have a resonant quality of your speaking voice. You're yeah. not, you don't just have that like lazy, like I'm just, oh, okay, out. that's good to know. No, you don't, you, you don't. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I have that lazy. I have oh, the, yeah. I have to knock it out of myself. We're in California. I, I know that I do it. <laughs> just uh, it's avocado. Uh, <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Craft beers. Yeah. <laughs> but if there's any other thing like I could nerd on about just once more would be for singers, especially young singers, when you lose your voice, and I say when because you will. Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry to say that, but when you do, um, or even just like really fatigued or whatever, it will happen. Um, don't be hard on yourself. Like it's such a thing these days too. Like I, I hate it when people are even bashing like, Adele or other singers like 
you know, oh God, she just has terrible technique, da da da. And it's like, well, I totally hold just on. did like, that earlier, didn't oh, I? Oh no, but and you know, person. we all we all joke and say things like that too, and no, of course, but but like. I can't sing eight shows a week and not get tired. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I will defend the pop. And it's funny because I come more from the classical world, but I've come to learn a lot more about the contemporary world. And one of the biggest things I've learned is like their demand is insane. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't have a, um, what do you call it? A, um, someone, if you get sick. Oh, I understand. Sub. They don't like have an, an understudy. Mm -hmm. They don't have a sub. They can't just, can't. well, they can, but you know, it's, it's a lot of pressure. So anyway, my point being, um, I'm quoting a um, laryngologist who said this, who said, athletes get injured, singers are athletes. Mm -hmm. It's not about it's not about if, it's when. Mm -hmm. So just being mentally prepared for that, it's going to happen. And there are, with science these days, there's, there's all different ways that you can, you know, recover and get better. Mm -hmm. But just don't freak out. <laughs> <laughs> don't freak out. It has don't nothing panic. to do, it's not saying your technique is bad if you lose your voice. We're human right. beings and human bodies. So mm -hmm. Right. It happens. I think I was in a, a, a vocal master class quite some years ago with Suzanne Menser. Yeah. Yeah. And what's fascinating about her story, I don't know if you've ever heard it, but um, quite a bit of time ago when she was at the Metropolitan Opera and yeah. she was young and I, I forget if she thought I she said that she was like in her 30s but she was married I remember her saying that she was at the Metropolitan Opera or some major house mm -hmm. and she was getting ready to sing I feel like it was a Susanna or a mm -hmm. something else but um a handful of days before and I'm not sure if I'm telling this story correctly but a handful of days before the production was to uh, open, uh, something happened to her vocal folds that she could not explain. Like it literally, she no voice. Like all of a sudden, woke up one day, no voice. Really? She couldn't figure it out. Yeah. It wasn't sickness, it was not okay. So she yeah. went to um, the ENT, they did a laryngoscopy. That there, there was a blood vessel close to the surface oh. on her one of her mm -hmm. uh, sides of her vocal folds mm -hmm. that had popped <gasps> hemorrhage yeah 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 oh that's the worst nightmare yeah, right? or a polyp that had popped that's probably a hemorrhage if it was a blood vessel yeah oh yeah. my god oh and like they told her basically. they told her you may uh, never sing again it was like a julie andrews type uh, of thing you may never you just need to rest and so oh she had gosh. to go on like six seven months of vocal rest or whatever she finally came back but um she she said like i i she's like i was a professional opera singer mm -hmm. what was i going to do yeah you know what i mean totally. um and i think about that all the time i think like what would happen if um well i'm a pianist too so like half of my mm -hmm. income comes from being passed what if my thumb gets cut off Oh my God, I know. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. What I if I get in a car yeah, accident? From someone, oh, God forbid, you don't want to be a musician, Greg. God forbid your arms get bitten off by an alligator. And I'm That's like, your sister. <laughs> that would screw me for a lot of careers. That would happen sis. to you. <laughs> yeah, it would, it, only me, it would happen to me. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't do a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah, well, and I feel like um, the culture is changing and like people are coming out more with just saying, like, even Justin Timberlake, he had recently what when did that happen? I don't know. Last year he had to like cancel a tour and he was very comfortable coming out and saying, Hey, doctor's orders and I need to stop. And I'm so sorry, but it's so that I will be able to keep singing for mm -hmm. you all. And like, mm -hmm. I feel like people are getting more comfortable talking about it and it's getting less, yeah. less like, cause people don't want to say it cause they think it's like admitting that their technique was bad or something. But yeah. sometimes it's just overuse. Like our bodies, we were I know born. about that every Sunday morning, and Kristen can attest to that. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> just, like, yeah, I feel like solo. just checking in it. with your own body. Yeah. The people that are not, un well, okay, so I, I should say this. When we hear that somebody has canceled a tour, with them not doing a press release or something like that, there's a lot of assumption. Right, yes. That's totally. something, that they're not doing something right. Yep. Versus... Yep. If they had just come out and said, hey, mm -hmm. I feel run down or I've got mono or right. I've got the flute or totally. I've got this or my voice, I need vocal rest because I do eight shows a week and like who could 100%. do that? Yeah. And I want and you know, versus um, not saying anything totally. about it or not That's even having your point. press agent say anything about it. I That's think it's really just sort of like, eh, it's a little weird. Yeah. But um, people can't some people help assume. you if they don't know what's wrong. Yeah. Well, no, I think it yeah, also, too, does a, does a world of good for your own career, not to mention mm -hmm. young artists that are wondering, mm -hmm. should I, is this an industry to get into? Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or looking at that artist and saying, oh, I used to like that artist, but that person canceled tours and now I don't really respect them anymore. You, but I like respect an artist the most if they cancel a tour because they need a break. Right, right. Like they're being smart. Right. You know, versus just muscling through it. Broadway yeah. is under the same exact pressure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the only difference, oh the only gosh. difference is, is that no. you have covers, you have right. understudies. Yes. You might and have two or three. Mic'd, they are mic'd, which is which Right, is and you're mic'd, right? Yeah. Well, so are pop But singers, it's still, but. yeah, high impact singing. It's yeah. high impact singing, totally. Yeah. Um, And there's different there's different types of things that you can do as a Broadway singer, as a Mm -hmm. musical theater singer to uh, sing in a placement that ultimately produces volume, but does not tax your voice. Yeah. So more of an acoustic strategy versus just um, a muscular. Right. And then letting the mic take control from there, essentially um, volume acoustically. So uh, but dancing and and you know what I mean? It's. After you learn a show, it's no longer as stressful, but there's still adrenaline involved and there's still stress involved in the process of doing a show. So is that where technique saves you? If you are tired, if you are yeah. out of muscle it, memory. if you are, yeah. Muscle memory. No, I love that you brought up muscle memory because as obvious as it sounds, like literally that's what vocal training is. Yeah. It's muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you've been out of it for a little while, yeah, it's going to take a little dusting off the cobwebs, you know? Um, but definitely that, that's what you want to be able to rely on is the muscle memory so things just do their thing without you having to feel like you have to make them happen. And also dovetailing on your, uh, or actually backtracking on your, on your... <laughs> And I could be completely mis- misquoting you or misinterpreting what you Do said, it. but um, head voice, strengthening <laughs> yeah. your head voice. Yeah. I had a gig last Saturday where I had a, a two-show day, and um, you know the second show, I was a little more compromised. Totally. I couldn't belt high. Mm-hmm. How and... did that feel for you? Even just like, I know this sounds cheesy, but even just like emotionally, like how did you... Oh, emotionally, I felt less suicidal because I could actually sing the note. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, it helped. I'm like, okay, that doesn't, that's not what I wanted, but it doesn't sound as terrible as it would if I'd gone for it in four no, voice. Totally. It's always better to kind of prioritize just the pitch being correct yeah. than to prioritize the power. And I had two other tenors up there with me. So I'm like, you guys do the higher step tonight. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. 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 No, I agree <laughs> with you and because it's, it's better a, to have the pitch than it is to have the power. It is yeah. to have the, yes. Yeah. It's, it's better like, to if have, you have the pitch the power, than have the power. There it is. I yeah. Like it. It's better to have the pitch and it be the right pitch than to have the power and be on the wrong pitch. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times if you're muscling that power, you're going to be really flat. And even your average Joe listener, that's the miraculous thing about pitch and hearing and humans. Like, they can hear when you're flat. Oh, totally. And so it's like, it's better. They can definitely hear when you crack. <laughs> yeah, so it's exactly. And that other well, kind of. Well, cracking, I mean, I don't know. I think people can forgive cracking. Especially with contemporary. But I yeah. feel like people just, there's a certain, hey, I have a head tilt. So I know people that, oh, somebody, you know what I mean? I, I when something's flat and you're sitting there having a drink and you're just like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that's the worst. A hundred mm-hmm. cracking our being short of breath yes. and not finishing a cracking, phrase. I really feel for uh, someone to do that. Even like, coming in late rhythmically like, or having the wrong word, I can forgive. Totally, that. that's brain fart stuff. Totally. But like pitch, I'm like, whoa! You yeah, just yeah, yeah. don't know how to reach it. Like yeah. there's a technique issue yeah. involved right. with that. Because a lot of times pitch totally. Because pitch is like a two part thing. If I ever have a student who comes in who's not patching Mitch, patching Mitch right away. I'm patching Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> New this fall on ABC. Um, <laughs> matching Mitch right away. Um, I don't quite know yet. It's it's one of two things or a combination of both. I have to ask myself: Is it more auditory? Like there's a disconnect between what they're hearing and how it's coming back out on more of a neurological pathway, or is it more of a muscular? coordination issue mm-hmm. it, like mm. are they not is that note not correct because they're just pushing too hard so they're flat right does that make sense mm-hmm. often you so, would get that based on like so for right. instance like tenors and sopranos so well I'll, i guess this could affect everybody but yeah. uh if if the note is out of their comfort range right, right, right and it's just that one note yeah totally and they're flat on that note yes that and is a, a technique me- that's a mechanical issue. that's a mechanical issue yes. on the other hand i i have had students and i still have students that um can't match pitches systematically like all the way auditory. through a song and There's that's like more of a disconnect. coordination, coordination totally. issue mm-hmm. between the ear and the yeah the vocal yeah apparatus so um 100%. but as for that i highly endorse that mm-hmm. more um 
mixed coordination overall mm -hmm. where start playing with like those notes that you normally like like full-bodied belt, which you can totally do as a choice when mm -hmm. you want to. You just don't want it to be your home base because belting is an extreme form of singing. It's more impact than the vocal folds are normally used to, which mm -hmm. is why you want to kind of save it for special moments mm -hmm. and not just be living there as your home base. Yeah. But that mixed coordination, don't be alarmed if at first when you're practicing in that place, it might feel a little weak and it might not feel consistent. It's one thing to like... Just focus on getting the coordination first, mm -hmm. and then the next step is consistency. But it's a patient process, and to even just trust that feeling. Because yeah. even for me, actually, when I um, auditioned for Carolyn Group in Southern California, I had practiced this piece, and it was kind of sat in that place where it was right in the middle, and it was kind of a choice of how to do it. Mm -hmm. And I was doing so well keeping it in more mixed coordination. Then I went to the audition and I just pushed and I squeezed and I pushed. Uh oh. Because I was nervous. And in that That's moment, you're like, yeah. I want the note to come out. And I I don't know that I trust that other But you feeling. got the gig? I got the gig. <laughs> I did. So there was something there. There was something there. So, you know, it's a process, but yeah. We talked a lot about your college and your upbringing and your training and, and a, lot of, a lot of nerdy vocal <laughs> stuff, which I love. Mm, yum. Um, <laughs> So to kind of wrap up everything, there's so much advice that you've already given um, our listeners, I think, and some young professionals that are looking to um, have some answers about vocal health and vocal coordination and what is some of the, maybe some um, faux pas or whatever uh, in singing. But what's, what's the best piece of advice that you could give to a young singer? Oh, God, I feel like this is a question I should have like prepared. Uh oh. Ooh. No, I love, heart, heart. Kate, I love off the top. I love off the top. Oh my gosh. Like just the one. Mm. Okay, a couple little things. One main thing don't stop just because there might be an outside thing that makes you feel like you should, whether that be a person or an opinion or whatever, because singing is so subjective depending mm -hmm. on who's in the room. Mm -hmm. And um, also, one more just kind of logical piece of advice I would give would be explore, and I'm biased because I'm a crossover singer, so I'm a, mm. I just love everything, but mm. um, even if you're predominantly classical, explore other genres and um, don't be afraid to be versatile because when you really get out there in the real world, the fact of the matter is you do what pays and a lot of times it's contemporary yeah. and there is a certain sound quality you kind of have to learn to adopt with that as well. Mm -hmm. So um, being versatile and, you know, pursuing what you want to pursue and always just taking a step back. Because I even remember after my classical programs, because classical programs are wonderful, but they also really kind of take over your brain. Mm -hmm. And you graduate thinking, I need to be a Met singer. That's like what I'm supposed to do. The A track. That's, I need to do, yeah, I need yeah. to do um, they really summer push programs that. every single yeah. summer. And like, that's all... If I don't do that, then I'm not taken seriously, which mm. is not true. Mm. There are so being okay here. Now I know what it is. Sorry, <laughs> I, I just had here's to a real piece it. of advice. Now I have it. <laughs> I just had to think about it for a minute. Being a professional singer means a lot of different things. Yeah, it doesn't just mean one thing. Mm -hmm. You can be a musical theater performer, which is wildly different than being a um, and a professional opera singer, which is wildly different than being a session singer or recording Singing artist, jingles, which is yeah. wildly different from being, there are so many ways to be a professional singer and just keep those doors open, continue to get to know your voice and pay attention to where it's well suited. Mm -hmm. Cause sometimes, cause well, yeah, me, that's like, what I was gonna, yeah, you can, yeah. If, your voice is an instrument. You should be able to play many styles on it, but there's, there's, there's always a certain type that totally. maybe, I don't know if you were like meant what, to do, what but do it's call like me every single day, <laughs> sunshine with legs. <laughs> <laughs> Or like Disney, I'm always told like yeah, you're Disney I'm a Disney princess. princess. Yeah. You are. And is that you what, are. And is that what I woke up wanting to be? No. No. But I paid attention to that voice and was like, okay, well, yeah. And so now I'm seeing. It's not some, what you want. It's what you are. No, but yeah. like, but that's why I have that Coco Melon gig doing those kids' yeah. nursery rhymes, which sometimes I feel so silly about. The but I'm like, but that's the Because that's your repertoire. It's well, there's a, a lot of yes, okay. There, so there's a Coco Melon video on it's bit spider. Yes. So you are a <laughs> what type of soprano? What's your fa? I, I'm a lyric soprano. Okay. Um, sometimes like lyric coloratura because it likes to yeah. move. Yeah. But not like coloratura, coloratura. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm so a coloratura as well. <laughs> but you and I are built very differently. Yeah. Our bodies. Yeah. And so yeah. I just find it very interesting to talk to people that categorize themselves as lyric or, or light lyric or lyric mm -hmm. coloratura. Um, and then for then 
that to be categorized as a physical type. Right. Yeah. Especially in the classical still, world. Yeah. And the musical also, theater too. Yeah. But like you said, Disney yeah. princess, did you wake up thinking I want to be a Disney princess? And she no. woke up one day no. and there were like birds and bunnies <laughs> like, all around her bed. Like, all of a sudden you have all this creatures. wildlife on a frontier. It's just room. when like but, the hundredth person told me, I was like, okay, oh. maybe I should pay attention to this. But okay. Yeah. Would you, could you get a job at Disneyland? Absolutely. I believe in you. But do you want to, I don't know. They pay <laughs> meh. Yeah. But, um, yeah. back to back to kind of like a long time ago when Disney was starting and they would hire I think the first Disney princess was Snow White so the yeah. voice of Snow White Adrian had a very was that her name? you know kind of really really, really yeah. high tremolo yes. Yes. kind of voice yes that then Walt Disney was like yeah. set the gamut for all of the Disney princesses that came Cinderella, right. Sleeping Beauty, you I know all of the gals. Walt Disney wanted in the first place. He probably wanted right. that like virginal, for lack of a better term. Yeah, kind of virginal, like, light, more classic, more yeah. yeah uh, like, music. I, I don't know if it, even musical, musical theater was even like a so sound back then. I think it, that was that was a no. That wasn't until like the late '80s thing. when they sort of I mean, Disney. They brought back the movie musical for all intents and purposes. But back then, yeah. when Disney started, I mean, musical theater was traditionally classical. It was light opera, basic opera. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then they started right. to influence with jazz. But totally. Just in general, like I think you listen to all those Disney princesses princesses only now, now with Tiana <laughs> and Moana and all of the other gals yep. that have appeared in Disney, the all their voices the are the suddenly day. taking a turn yep. to not Disney princess sound. Right. Right. So it's very it's interesting. Shifting. It is shifting. But people still have this stereotype sound yes. that when you, st when you start to sing, when I freaking start to mm -hmm. sing, little mm -hmm. girls lose it. <laughs> They lose it. I will tell you, my boss, she, um, it was her, both of her son's birthday party. One was turning one, one was turning three. I don't know if you saw this on Instagram, but she was like, oh my God. Or one of our other voice teachers at Songbird agreed to be Elsa. <laughs> and then I was in the room. Oh God. Oh no. And then they were like, all we need is an Anna. <gasps> And then just looked at me and I was like, oh uh, my God, if you have the costume, she's like, I will order it. <laughs> and so, um, luckily, Morgan ended up singing Let It Go. Thank she had the harder song. That's a much harder song. Yeah. Um, I did that for the first time in forever. So, oh. the red braids and everything. But yeah, my. I my, need to see pictures. <laughs> my biggest audience was just these little kids, this little like three year olds. Just, oh. You know, it's the funniest thing, but it's also really heartwarming yeah. and like, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's yeah. a part of it you're like, ugh. Oh. I got an opera degree and I'm singing a princess song. <laughs> I'm but, singing well, Anna. You know, but like, it's also fun. and it's, It is fun. It's sweet. You just see their faces. Yeah. And, Not to turn it yeah. back to me, but say if you guys have Please. Disney voices, then what kind of voice would I have? Don't say Ooh, a bad one. This is fun. A villain? Yeah. No, don't say a bad a villain. I'm a villain. Oh, do we want to go the don't Disney? Don't say a bad one. Do we want to say? Oh, do we want to say Disney voice? No, no, no. No, you, you just want to know your fach. Is no, that not right? Fach, but I mean, like, <laughs> you say you guys have cool Disney voices. What kind of voice would I have? You have a Greg you? voice. I you? sing like Greg. That's a good way to put that in my mind. I. Mm. Ooh. I, I mean, I see like the, mm. like this. Oh, what am I trying to say? So you have such a low end um, Denver, to your voice. Kind of. Am I saying the right person? I say wrong names a lot. John Denver, <laughs> Country Road. Or like, I kind of would see you, and not necessarily is this. I, did you see Stars Born? And so people one? have different feelings about how they felt about Bradley Cooper. So I thought he, for being predominantly an actor who had to pull off, I thought he did a fine job. Yeah. But um, kind of that kind of style, I could see you doing that kind Country. of. Country. Almost like. Yeah, I don't know why. Huh. Like this, like yeah. lower, yeah. kind of. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Garth, Garth Brooksy. <laughs> okay. Well, he has done Johnny Cash before. Yeah, thank you. That's kind of what I was trying to do. Although Which I don't. It's funny because the reviewers said I couldn't sing low enough. They. That's they because Johnny Cash. Yeah. That's like because Johnny Cash is like a legit. Oh. Bass baritone, and you're not okay. a bass baritone. Yeah, and one other nerdy thing to just throw onto that is yeah. that that's that's a timbre fight because yep, yeah, because like there might be one guy who you know says ah, oh, and another guy who says oh, and the second guy is going to sound like he has a lower voice. He doesn't. It's just the quality seems lower because the form and frequency is lower. Mm -hmm. So it it, ha it has to do with your build yeah. mm -hmm. and how how pitch is perceived. So to clarify everyone, he's saying the right notes, but the quality was a higher, more baritone tenor-like quality than more of a berry bass. Uh -huh. that, um, they just have lower frequencies that are produced and 
perception-wise. Right. It's like played on a cello lower, versus right. played on a string exactly. bass. It's the same note, but it's going right. to sound differently on a string right. bass than a cello. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Totally. Although my spirit animal, animal is probably the trombone. Trombone. Yeah, Your spirit I don't, animal. I, I have more of a pitch approximator, unfortunately. <laughs> like I really instrument. have to watch my tuning. Oh my gosh, like, I love I, that though. Everyone has a spirit instrument, right? Yeah. So like a trombone, yeah. Um, well, thank you for yes, thank being you. here. Finally. We enjoyed you oh God, so being fun. here and answering all of our crazy questions and random rabbit hole yeah. oh God, conversations. Know. You know, if I could give one last final plug, I'm sorry, we've probably gone over. Um, I just wanted to say, because one of the piece of advice for singers that you, your voice is getting tired and things like that. We talked about this a lot recently, but if you haven't tried vocalizing through a thin coffee straw, mm-hmm. Do it and Oh, those things are like contraband. They became contraband for me. I love them. Oh, yeah. And you can't see it right now. I'm holding it up to the microphone like you can see it. Um, But my boss, actually, Whitney Citrin from Songbird, quick plug. Um, Well, I don't know if you know, but in San Francisco, plastic coffee straws are now banned. Right. And so she took it upon herself, which was so smart of her to be like the first person to do this. She was like, you know what? I'm going to develop a stainless steel singing straw set. So it's $39. You go to singingstraw.com and you get three three millimeter singing straws, um, depending on the amount of back pressure you want. Um, so you can sing with three at a time or two or one. But can I to Amazon learn these? It, Sorry. Is it, can I, I see don't these? Know yes. Um, I don't know that they're it's on songbirdstudios.com. It comes to the cleaning brush. Cleaning thing. Yep. And uh, wow. you know, to learn more about it, I know we're out of time. But go to the website. Yeah. You know, she puts a blurb on it there. Okay. But it is a great like this everyday awesome. life. Songbirdstudios.com. I'm or, constantly uh, telling my my private students to sing through a straw. Yes, singingstraw.com. Oh, and use promo code Kristen, and you'll get ten percent off. K R I S T E N. That's right. I'm doing well, that right now. Greg is yes. doing that right now while, <laughs> yes. while Greg is purchasing singing straws. <laughs> I'm going to enter a Garth Brooks contest. We're going to we're gonna close this podcast by saying goodbye. And thank you for joining us. And join us next week. Experience Points, the podcast, can be found on Apple Podcasts and through Spotify. Special thanks for the use of our theme music by composer Michael Gill from his album, Blues for Lazarus. If you would like to follow the latest news about our podcast and upcoming guests, please visit our Facebook page at Experience Points the Podcast, where you can leave us questions or comments.